As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, I warmly welcome you to this service, which is brought to you while our doors are closed due to the coronavirus outbreak. It has been collated from our archive of live choral music, together with readings, prayers and a sermon recorded for this service. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said to the disciples, Receive the Holy Spirit.
The Lord be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Please be seated. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the Feast of Pentecost. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you're very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. What God has prepared for those who love him, he has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything. Therefore, let us in penitence open our hearts to the Lord, who has prepared good things for those who love him. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
God, who has at this time taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending to them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus our Saviour, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is taken from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning at the third verse. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of services, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There are two large panels in St. Lawrence Church in Falmer, where I used to live, that depict members of the congregation in prayer with flames of the Spirit alighting on them. They were painted by Sue Barnes, a church warden and an accomplished artist. A photograph can be found in the order of service, so please do take a look when you have an opportunity. I found myself this week imagining the interior of that church and those panels. I find them inspiring images, but if I'm honest, they also stimulate some discomfort. While some scriptural metaphors for the gifts of the Holy Spirit are altogether agreeable, like the rivers of living water referred to in our gospel reading this morning, fire is altogether more equivocal. St. Lawrence, like our own church, is one blessed with a strong appreciation of tradition this is an enormous strength, as long as those traditions don't constrain new life. Our first instinct, though, might be to douse those flames. But these are images that remind us that the Spirit is available to us today, as it was to those first disciples. The uneasiness is understandable. Lucy Winkett, the rector of St. James Piccadilly, reminds us that the Holy Spirit exposes us to risk. She says that one of the most daring actions we undertake as a church is to sing the ninth century invocation, Come, Holy Ghost, our souls inspire. It is a call to return to the deepest love, the purest courage, and the renewing creativity of the living God. 
if the story of Pentecost is to be digested by communities of believers, then these movements of the Spirit will get us into trouble and will take us to the courts, not only of the legal variety, but those of public opinion and church authority. We heard in our reading from Acts how this works. It told of those who, seeing the disciples on that first Pentecost, sneered at them and concluded they are filled with new wine. Pentecost, the birthday of the church, encourages us to ask where the Spirit is leading us individually and collectively. And these questions are particularly significant this year because our usual routines have been so disrupted beyond what we imagined possible just a few months ago. And the ministry of the church is no exception. Without an openness to new possibilities, there can be no living faith and worship would become nothing more than reproduction. As we seek to make sense of the experience of coronavirus and what the Spirit might be prompting in us, we require the capacity to dream and also discernment to identify what comes from God. Being prevented from gathering together as a community has been and remains painful. We miss each other's presence and the fellowship that we share. Nevertheless, the experience has held some valuable lessons. For example, one of the clear blessings of these days has been our online worship. A particular point of reflection for me has been a recognition of the importance of imagination. Whilst many churches have streamed video of their services during this time, as Alison has helpfully reminded us, the pictures are always best on radio. There's a wisdom in those words that many of us had lost. I've realised in our online worship how easy it is, if I close my eyes, to be present in our beautiful church. The acoustics of a recording carry so much that we can instantly feel ourselves transported to a peopled St. Bride's. There's also a powerful sense of gathering in a service that involves visiting the homes of some of our brothers and sisters as they read our lessons from scripture and intercessions. And as we've previously noted, these services connect us not only across space, but also time, as we realise that we hear again the voices of some of our number who no longer walk this earthly realm with us. It is a reminder that we share in a communion of saints. Barnabas Palfrey, a tutor at St Augustine's College, where I trained for ministry, says... Our imagination left to itself can sometimes fill our mind with fear and anxiety. And yet, with the Spirit's help, our imagination can lead us 
into life-giving vision that enables us to act with purpose and with love. We call this vision hope, a gift of the spirit. Hope is not wishful thinking. Wishful thinking wants to escape reality. Hope faces the muddle of how things are and sees possibilities. The obstacles and difficulties are real, yet God is in this place, working creatively to make all things new. The significance of imagination can easily be overlooked, particularly outside of the creative arts. It has a crucial role, for example, in leading scientists to the exploration of new discoveries. It can be crucial also in human relationships, such as in helping to reconcile hostilities, where the parties show the humility and bravery to step back and imagine perspectives that differ from their own. The demonization of other groups often seeks to employ the imagination to opposite effect, creating divisions. Imagination is also important in the life of faith. It can help us to become more present to the scriptures and it can help us to prayerfully envisage new possibilities. As we reflect on our discipleship and the mission of our community, Scripture points us to some particular characteristics of mission. It will be just and inclusive. It will expect and accept the gifts of all. It will be characterised by thanksgiving and joy. And it will recognise, welcome and support the work of the Spirit in all areas of human endeavour. The scriptures were opened to the disciples as to Cephas and his friend on the road to Emmaus. They were able to transcend their narrow expectations of a Messiah that would dispel the Roman authorities of the day. The vision of a new Jerusalem began to take shape. The gift of the Holy Spirit brought them the capacity to dream and it enlivened them to pursue their charge to proclaim the Lord's victory to the ends of the earth. It can do miraculous things for us too in our age. Come Holy Ghost, our souls inspire, and light us with celestial fire. Thou the anointing spirit art, who does thy sevenfold gifts impart. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, 
Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, help us to uphold standards of public accountability, to maintain justifiable public trust, continue to be our Prince of reconciliation and peace, and forgive our boldness for acknowledging the anguish experienced this past week by people living and working within our borders concerning standards of public life. For many feel that they have made great sacrifices by following the rules, which have meant for some that their loved ones have died with tears of loneliness shadowing their last breath, and others such as single parents with life-threatening diseases and autistic children at home, that outside help is no longer an option. Is their commitment meaningless? in the face of power, how painful the sentiment of belittlement. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Dear Lord, help those who attempted to disdain rules for saving our lives because they feel disillusioned with those who have commanded them. A sense of right and wrong must not be abandoned. Your guiding light must lead, we pray. We pray for the schools opening their doors to all of their pupils tomorrow, hoping that their safety plans will be workable and constructive, that the children and teachers will not feel dismayed by distancing and able to communicate its life-enhancing necessity. We pray for scientists, doctors and researchers the world over who are engaged in the pursuit of cures, vaccines and reliable tests. We pray that they may be encouraged and adequately funded, that they work in tandem. We pray that our police force will act prudently in the eyes of the public. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for those whose businesses may not survive and those who face redundancy. We pray that they may find alternative sources of income 
and that their lives will not be blighted, but imbued with prosperity in unexpected and fulfilling ways. We pray for those working in the media who endeavor to inform us about the reality of the virus. We pray for the performing and visual arts industries, hoping that they will find ways of sharing their creativity with us soon. We thank our clergy for lighting candles of hope each day and for the pastoral care they provide unceasingly with patience and forbearance. Our thoughts go to Alison, Jeff and Mark, our choir, those who imaginatively deliver our online services and our staff working behind the scenes in strenuous circumstances. We think of our virgins, Robin and David. We thank you, Lord, with beaming smiles for enabling our church leaders to open our church for private worship. May Christian moral integrity and our sense of civic duty infect the land and its inhabitants, making the world a kinder and healthier planet where concern for the other is the nucleus of life. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? God has made us one in Christ. He has set his seal upon us, and as a pledge of what is to come, has given the Spirit to dwell in our hearts. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, that after he had ascended far above all heavens and was seated at the right hand of your Majesty, he sent forth upon the universal church your holy and life-giving spirit, that through his glorious power the joy of the everlasting gospel might go forth in all the world. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Let us pray. Faithful God, who fulfilled the promises of Easter by sending us your Holy Spirit and opening to every race and nation the way of life eternal, open our lips by your Spirit that every tongue may tell of your glory 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. The spirit of truth lead you into all truth, give you grace to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, 
and strengthen you to proclaim the word and works of God and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you now and always. Amen. Amen.